We uh, are wrapping up a series. It's the final one uh, sermon of this series today on community. And uh, we've been talking about it uh, in different ways each week. As a matter of fact, we opened up the first week. That bumper rolls out and it says, hey, community, we're made for each other. And the introverts go like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> that's for those weirdo extrovert people. Uh, but we talked about in week one, that's, that's actually not true. We're all wired for community. God's created in all of us a desire to be able to connect. And it comes out in different ways. Sometimes it's like maybe through sports, you have like a common interest. And all of a sudden you connect with somebody that way or just different maybe hobbies or crafts or things like that that you do, but truly we're all wired for community. We also saw that in Genesis, the first thing God said in scripture that was not good was when there was isolation. Adam was alone. He didn't have community. And so God's like, oh, that's not good. We need to fix that. And of course, gives him his helper and gives him Eve. And so we saw that in week one. And then last week, uh, we talked about how important it is to have somebody in your corner. We took the example of the paralyzed man who the scripture says he had four friends who took him from where he was, picked him up and brought him to where Jesus was. And uh, the interesting thing about that is he couldn't have been in isolation. He had to have been somebody who was in community because the scripture said that those four men took the corners of his mat, brought him to Jesus. But in order to do that, that means they would have had to have been so involved in his life that they knew his condition, they knew his schedule, and they knew that his desire was to go be healed, was to go see Jesus and get transformation and restoration. And so it's the same thing in our lives. Uh, if he was in isolation, he wouldn't have had anybody there to do that. But, but he had it and, it, and it produced his miracle. Are you with me? And so if you missed it last week, I encourage you to go back and check that out. In case you don't know, we're actually on YouTube. You can watch it and subscribe and follow along if you like to watch with video. But maybe you're a podcast person and you like to jump on Apple and, and uh, follow that. You can do that. Some of you might say, oh, I don't have a lot of time for that kind of stuff. You might not know this. Do you know that you can actually play a sermon uh, at a faster speed? So I go through it, and, you know, you speed it up a little bit. I talk faster. My jokes get over with sooner. And so it could be a good thing for you. Uh, but Apple Podcasts, jump on there and listen that way. But check out last week's sermon. You know, as a pastor, uh, I really do appreciate it when people say after service, hey, good word, pastor, a good sermon or something like that. Uh, I appreciate that, of course. But what I actually really like to hear is when somebody says, hey, heard the sermon, heard God's word today, uh, but I went back this week, someone says, I got into my week and I made some changes. I began to apply it. I began to change some things. You know, last week's sermon, I got a lot of people that text me and sent me messages and stuff and said, hey, pastor, after hearing about we need people in our corner, um, I went and made some changes and I reached out to some people and I made sure I got people in my corner. And um, I encourage you to do that. Again, if you didn't hear the sermon or you feel like maybe you don't have people in your corner, pray into that and look at what God may say with that. Uh, because everybody needs someone in their corner. Amen? And so today, today, we're going to finish this series. And if you grew up in church, I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound just like normal, kind of something you've heard all the time, but it shouldn't be that. But today, I want to talk about, the title of my sermon today is Community with a Mighty God. It's amazing, think about this. You and me, followers of God, we have community we have relationship. We have connection. I'm going to read in just a minute. We actually have friendship with Almighty God. That should make us go mind blown. I'm so grateful that we don't serve and follow and live uh, some man-made golden bronze statue. We serve and live and are in community with the Almighty God. Are you with me today? 
What an amazing thing that we get to say that, with that, that our lives are surrendered to, but also led by, but then also in fellowship and friendship with Almighty God. Yeah. So we're going to close up this series with that. But I want to give one more thing. I just want to say thank you to those of you that signed up to serve and jump in and join a team. Uh, just such an amazing thing to see people get on board. And I know many of you are probably still praying about uh, the card and, and, and if you want to join a team and, and, uh, and get in. So if you're praying through that, that's awesome. But just want to let you know, we need about 10 more people to jump in on our team somewhere. And it kind of spreads out all our ratios and helps us serve in a way that's very fair. Maybe you grew up in church where it went like this. You pastor gets up and says, hey, we need people to serve in a ministry. You say, okay, I'll do that. And you sign up. And then your first week, they say, hey, welcome to the team. Uh, we're going to get you serving over here. And you say, okay, pastor, uh, well, you know, I'm going to serve this week. And, and when, when, when am I going to get a week off? And they're like, when Jesus returns, that's when you can be done. But uh, I'm here to say, that's not how it is here at this church. That's not how it is here at this church. We actually use an amazing program called Planning Center. And just give me one minute to tell you about it. Uh, we use an amazing app here called Planning Center. And the ways that that works is the people that serve, they can either go on the website or go in the app. And you get to do this amazing thing. Uh, the month before you're called to serve, you get to go on and block out the dates that you don't serve. So it's super awesome. Of course, everybody in the church does that flawlessly and perfectly. They go on there and block out. <laughs> and then uh, what we get to do as a church staff is uh, we get to go on there, and when you've blocked out the dates that you can't serve, when we go to schedule people, if you've blocked your dates out, we literally can't see you. We can't see you. And so because everybody's done their blockouts, we get to go on there, and we get to schedule people all according to their blockouts. And then what's amazing about that is then never, as a staff, never do we ever get a reply that says, deny, I don't accept this serving date, because you've all done your blockouts properly. There would be no reason for us to ever get a can't serve. <laughs> I'm, I'm really taking shots at our people who serve here. Thank you for your service. Let me humiliate you in front of me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> However the Lord wants to convict, I'm just a messenger. <laughs> who also has data to back it up. <laughs> but this app truly is great. It honors you. Look, we know you got sports and family and all this different kind of stuff. And so this app just makes it super easy and a great way for all of us to kind of do our part and serve and make this a strong place for God to move and for us to minister to families. Amen. So we'd love about 10 more people to jump in and be a part and we can have a great fall and into the new year. And, uh, and again, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Lastly, um, you notice Cody's not with us this morning, and, uh, and he uh, actually texted me very early this morning. Their youngest son, Zion, actually had to get his appendix, appendix taken out at 7.30 this morning out at DeVos. Uh, they thankfully didn't burst. They just had different things. And so uh, he called and said, hey, you know, we got to have this surgery. And I was like, of course I'll lead. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of that for you, and I'll lead worship. And then uh, I looked at the team, and I was like, no, we actually have a great team. I'll let them lead. I won't do it. Uh, but uh, Zion, <laughs> Zion, hey, Zantra, you don't know, bro. You don't know. You don't know. Some people have said my voice has come across between like an angel and Fergie, somewhere in between the middle. <laughs> Some of my deep track people get that. that was, yeah. All right, we need to pray and get this back on the track. It's the problem when they give me one extra, you know, they did, anyway, anyway. We're going to pray for little Zion. We're going to pray for him. Uh, he's on my football team. And apparently uh, yesterday in our game, he was already starting to not feel great. And, uh, but I'm one of those coaches, coaches like, no, Zion, we play four quarters. <laughs> Take care of that appendix later, buddy. <laughs> but uh, we'll pray for him and, uh, and get, it, get it good. We'll pray for that and the sermon.
God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for today, Lord. I'm grateful we can have fun in church and be church family. And God, we lift up church family right now. Lord, we just pray for Zion as he recovers. We're grateful for uh, an excellent surgery that's already taken place. But God, we just pray that there'll be no hindrances, no setbacks. And God, I just pray that you show yourself to Zion through this, uh, this event, your goodness. And uh, Lord, we thank you for total restoration and healing. Lord, I pray that you just put your grace and peace on the entire Kenny family. Lord, we ask in this sermon, Lord, that you speak to us. We don't want to just sit through a religious service, but God, we want to encounter you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was listening. I was looking at scripture and and remembering this thought. And uh, I just wanted to be true on the house. I love second service. I love you guys in second service so much. I love it because we get to be online and talk to people who can't be here and there's interactions. But what's amazing is kind of like the culture of church is so different than maybe back, obviously, when Jesus spent time or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing. But I, I was thinking about back when people would gather in a synagogue or the temple, uh, you got to remember they didn't have the, the complete. Jesus hadn't said, he hadn't endured the cross. He hasn't sat down at the right hand of the Father. He hasn't spoken, it is finished. And so at this time when people would go and worship, there's even question about, is Jesus the Messiah? We don't know. Is he, you know, there's all this stuff going around it. But when they would go to church, they would have had like the Torah. uh, They would have the scrolls. They would have much of, you know, kind of what we know about Old Testament. They would have had that. So when they came together, many times what would happen is, and I want you to hear this for you today because it matters and it matters to me. They would take out a scroll or they would take out a piece of the Torah. They would read like one line of it. And to them, Torah... The scripture, the, the, the beginning Torah being the first five books of the Bible, they would hear these things and they would just begin leaping and dancing and singing and shouting for joy at like one passage of this because they believe the Torah was life. The, this is it. There's no other thing. It doesn't matter what Fox News and CNN and any of the other things that say this right here, what we have, the word of God is everything. And, and for example, they would come in and on, on that Sunday morning for them or whatever day it would be for them, for them to hear the word, the truth, the life of God would just set them off. And I just wish that it, we could get to that place on Sunday mornings where we come into the house. We come in, and now we have the it is finished version. We have the he's overcome death, hell and the grave. And when we get up and hear scripture, it ought to light us up. Can we get in a place where we're excited about church? We're excited about the word. We're excited about the fact that God this morning is a God who still speaks and he wants to speak to you and to me, whether it come through worship or the word or through our prayer life. But we have a God who's alive and wants to speak to his people. Are you with me? And so I'm not like begging for amens or response, but I want us to be a people who are excited. I'm not asking for us to leap and dance and write song over one, one passage, but, but let's be a people who are excited. Can I tell you the Swifties are excited about Taylor? The University of Michigan, they paint in their faces. They're doing all these kind of, there's so much attention given to those gods. Are you with me? Yeah. How much more so should we be a people of passion when we get into his house? Amen. Amen. Thanks, boss. I got a 20 for you later. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about community, community with God, right? Like this, this just God, God wants to have a relationship with us, community with us. And I'm going to set it up by proving you can see from the very beginning of it all, God's design and desire has always been to be in community. You take a look at just even the 
the creation of even angels, the fact that God is God and he's all powerful. We know that he was there from the beginning, but we also understand that he has this relationship, this community, this engagement with angels. We see throughout scripture that angels would be sent on assignment and they would have, they would have work here on earth. We of course know that they came and proclaimed that Jesus would be born of a virgin. There's all this different work between heaven and earth in the community of God to his angels. We see that there's a form of community. We also know that mankind was created. We have God who, who's there and, and was there before the beginning of time, but we also, we, we also know that he created. Why did he create? Because the scripture says he had a desire to have relationship with his creation, mankind. He calls us his children. There's a desire to be in community with people. We also see the Trinity, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus. We see that that even works in form of what we would call relationship. We see Jesus talking to the Father as the Father. We see the Holy Spirit uh, working through and with and empowering and being sent by. There's a relationship within the Trinity. Even heaven, if we're going to say the finality of it all, we're going to see at the end of it all, we see that God just doesn't let all the chapters play out and all of a sudden the story comes to an end and it's a blank screen and it says the end and then there's just God back by himself. No, he wants it all to end with what? Us in community with him. It's insane. God, the creator of heaven and earth, who the scripture says holds all the stars together, puts them, names them, keeps it all together. That God is saying, hey, at the end of it all, those who love me and follow me and call upon my name, I want to make sure that I spend the end with them. Amen. <sighs> That's crazy. It's crazy when we think about it. We see that in the beginning, Genesis, we know the word Genesis means the beginning. We see in the beginning, the scripture tells us that God was with Adam and Eve. There's a lot of people who have different opinions about what it actually meant when they say that God's presence was, he was with them in the cool of the day. Was he in the wind? There's all these different things. But we know this, Adam and Eve at one point hid from God while they were in the garden. You can't hide from something that's not there. Yeah. So we know that God's presence was with them in the beginning. We also know that God, his desire isn't to keep anybody away. You can choose to go to hell and reject God and do that. But we saw that even the thief on the cross, once he came to an understanding of God's love for him and repentance and forgiveness, he's looking at Jesus and he says, hey, I understand you be the son of God. And Jesus looks over at him and says, hey, truly you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. What? The savior of the world is hanging on the cross and looks over at a thief and says, you're going to be in community with me for eternity in heaven. It's unbelievable to think that we have a God that's desire is to be with us and be in community and be in relationship with us. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants, but a servant does not know what is his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. Think about this, creator of heaven and earth, savior of the world, the one who knows it all, sees it all, is in all power, has overcome it all, says, hey guys, talking to you right now too, don't see yourself as some kind of servant. No, 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 you're not a servant because we're friends because you're in this business with me. Yeah. Scripture calls us co-laborers with God. We're in community about bringing about the restoration of his kingdom here on earth. His kingdom come here on earth, the restoration of fallen man. He says, hey, 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 you're not servant, you're friend. And we're in this business together. Again, I'm, I'm being kind of redundant here, but yeah, amen. he's 
not a golden statue, something made of bronze. He's creator of heavens and earth. And he's looking at us and he's saying, hey, you know what I want you to know? We're doing this thing together, friends. Friends is what he's saying to us. It's absolutely crazy. I, uh, 20 years ago, I was a youth pastor and, uh, I remember it was really popular back then. There was those shirts that said, Jesus is my homeboy. Remember those shirts everyone was wearing around? It was like, Jesus is my homeboy. Some of you right now, your tattoos, you're like, mm, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> but it was like, Jesus is my homeboy, and everybody's wearing them. And of course, as a very cool, relevant youth pastor, I wrote a sermon about that. And so I get up in front of the youth, and I'm preaching to them about Jesus is our homeboy, and he's our friend. And I look back on it now, 20 years later, and while I don't believe that that sermon was like sinful, and I'm not regretful of it, I'm also like, wow, I didn't do a very good service to the fact that, like, yes, he's our friend, but he's also mighty God. And I think we do a huge disservice when we go, God wants to be our friend and he wants to be in community with us and relationship with us. And we look at him as just comes kind of friend level because the reality is it's mighty, almighty God saying, hey, we're in this together. Almighty God, we're in this together. I remember the song that came out a little while ago. It's a great song too. It's like, I am a friend of God. And we kind of made it this like, he's just our friend. You know, we ride bikes together, me and Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I'm a friend that he calls me friend. And that's good. I like that, that we get that because I think through religiosity, we put God way out here as this unattainable, angry lightning bolt, bolt throwing God. But then we can also make a huge mistake on the other hand of like, he's just this friend and we got a lot of friends. No, no, he's so much more than friend. He's almighty God. But, and he calls us friend. That's crazy. Uh, This mighty God calls us friend. The same God who the scripture says, all of the stars, he's so mighty and so powerful. He calls them by name and puts them in their place. I don't know if you've ever gone up north where the skies are very clear and you look out at all the stars and you go, wow, look at all these stars. It's so amazing. There's so many. Can you believe God can name all these stars by name and he hangs them in their place? And you think that's amazing, the stars that you can see. But if you've actually like studied the solar system and looked at all the different things, eventually the more you continue to zoom out and the the telescopes and all of the different things that we have, eventually you keep scaling back into all the different galaxies and planets and all things. Earth all of a sudden becomes like just a little pea in all of that. It's just this tiny little thing. And the scripture is saying, yeah, you look at all those stars and you think that's a big deal. But all of it, mighty God keeps in place. And he says, I want to be friends with you. That mighty God wants to be friends with you. I, um, there's this song out, and it's popular, and it's on my worship playlist, and it's kind of the, the purpose that I wrote this message, but uh, it works like this. Um, it's a song called Talking to Jesus. It's a song called Talking to Jesus. And uh, it's a great song, Brandon Lake, Elevation, and it says, I'm just talking to Jesus. Like, and, it's just, and she just goes into this every day, like, I'm just talking to Jesus. And I think it's great, and it's on my worship playlist. But I also think it's a huge disservice if our thought is, I'm just talking to Jesus. Like, hold on a second. You mean you're talking to Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. We actually have the ability to talk to the one who's the beginning and the end, and he's the everything in the middle. Now, I grew up in church where we were taught, and I'm grateful for this from my parents, and we do it to our parents too, but I was taught just like that. I I get the premise of, I'm just talking to Jesus, because it should be that easy should be that easy in every moment, in every situation, in any circumstance. We go, oh, I know what to do here. I'm just going to talk to Jesus about this. 
but he's almighty God, Jesus. And so my, I grew up in a way that we just prayed for everything. Anything that needed prayer. We, you, your kids need to learn that immediately you just, you just shoot a quick prayer over that. So I'm talking about I grew up praying for animals. Dog gets hit by a car. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Dog. <laughs> that might not be a joke. <laughs> but you drive by a car crash that looks serious. And your parents go, hey, we should probably pray about that real quick. Let's talk to Jesus about that real quick. And you pray over a situation. I think there's also heart prayers. I think there's things that just, that just quickly come out of your heart. Uh, I, and I think that's a good thing, where, where all of a sudden you see something in your heart just quickly wants to give thanks or praise to God. And I think it's worship, but I think it also can be prayer. We were up in Charlevoix camping, and we're riding on Sea-Doo's, and <clears throat> my daughter, she's our oldest one, she's 11, and our Sea-Doo has, like, speakers on it. And so she's always like, Dad, let's go for a ride, because she wants to put on her playlist, and she wants to be with Dad, and, and she doesn't really want to ride the Sea-Doo's to ride the Sea-Doo's. If it was me, I'd just be 60 miles an hour back and forth across the lake. But she wants to do, you know, other stuff and be with Dad and listen to her music. And so Lake Charlevoix is beautiful, and it's clear, and you can see for very far. And so one of the ways that I'm giving an example of our, our heart just prays quick and reverences God and hallows his name is I think when you can appreciate what he's given you, there's these quick prayers. So we're, we're seeding around, but then also we're stopping and we're listening to music. And I remember I got to one point where it's probably 15 feet deep. You can look down, but there's these big rocks at the bottom. So I turned the seeding around. I'm like, whoa, Caroline, look at that. It's so clear. And look at those rocks down there. There's fish going in and out of them and all this stuff. Isn't that amazing that God made this so long ago? And he put this all here just like this. And he knew it would work like this. And he knew that like we would be here doing this. Isn't this amazing? She's like, yeah, dad, that's so cool. And so we go look for turtles and do stuff. But in your heart, your heart prayer is just going like, God, I'm so grateful for this. Lord, thank you for this moment. I, and I know that's worship, but at the same time, you can kind of just, just spit these little prayers. And so I get these, I'm just talking to Jesus, like these quick little, like it should be that grateful and that kind of thing. But I, what I don't want it to turn into is this just very religious, like prayer is just this little, like, I'm just talking to Jesus, my friend, like he's my friend. Because we all got friends and it's good to have some pretty cool friends. And, I, and I'm sure many of you have some pretty great relationship friends that you're like, I, I really hold this relationship up high and I'm glad that I have this friendship. I have a friend who's the personal assistant to Jim Harbaugh. So last week I came home from work and there was a box at my door and I'm like, what's this box? I didn't order anything. And what's this box about? And then I saw his name on there and I said, oh, I know this friend. I know what this is going to be. So I opened up that box and it had a signed football from Coach Harbaugh and it had some Michigan gear and some things in it. I thought to myself, boy, I'm so grateful for this friendship. I like it when I see this guy's name on a box. But can I tell you something? That friendship does not compare to the friendship of mighty God. And you have a friend who is mighty God. And so I hope that our, I'm just talking to Jesus, flannel graph Jesus. I appreciate the quick prayer, the small prayer, but at the same time, we get to be in community and relationship with almighty God. It should, your minds and your prayer lives. It should change how we get up in the morning and think about him and think about our day. We ought to get up and say, oh, almighty God, what do you have for me today? I'm talking to you now, but you're also almighty God. Even the foretelling of who he is and his arrival in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
not just God, mighty God. We need to know our friend, God, the one who calls us his friends, no longer slaves, is mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. Jesus proved that he was mighty before he even showed up on planet earth. We know that Christ displayed his might by creating the world before he physically entered it. John 1.3 says, all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made. Colossians 1.16 agrees. It says, for by him, all things that are created in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible came from almighty God. So when we're talking to Jesus, it's not just talking to Jesus. You're talking to the one who created it all, mighty God. We see that Jesus showed his right to be recognized as mighty God because he demonstrated his power over nature in Luke chapter 5. He demonstrated his power over disease in Matthew chapter 9. He just demonstrated his power over the demonic in Luke chapter 8. He demonstrated his power over sin in Mark chapter 2. And he demonstrated his power over death, we know, in 1 Corinthians 15. The reason we can call him mighty is because he's overcome it all. Amen. We're not just talking to G. We're talking to the one who's overcome it all. Mighty God. And so I don't care what the conditions look like and circumstances, whatever the scenarios and the reports are, we're talking to almighty God. And his desire is to see things changed and moved and restored. Paul called Jesus the son of God with power. In Romans chapter one, verse four. Here's what you got to understand about the one that you're talking to. It's not just son of God. You got to know he's the son of God with power. We see that the evidence of Christ being mighty is more than just theological ideas. We need to know this morning, the idea of God being mighty is not just a theological thing that you should note or know. Instead, it's a call to daily respond to him as mighty God, as mighty God. And again, he wants to have relationship in community with us. He is the source of our power. Acts chapter one, verse eight says that Jesus promised to send the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, God is what? Mighty. And he's in fellowship and relationship and connection with us. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. How are all things possible? Because our friend, the one we're in relationship and connection to, is the God of the impossible. We see in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his wisdom. No, strength of his might. Might. Because we serve this mighty, powerful God. Uh, We know this, that it is his strength over our lives that we can overcome. Philippians 4.13, Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who encourages me. No, Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because we're in connection and community and relationship to a mighty God. The apostle Peter said it this way. Uh, He said that we are kept by the power of God. Speaking actually of our eternity, our eternity, salvation, heaven is kept by the power of this mighty God. So when we pray, when we have relationship, when we have community with God, it's not this wishful wondering, maybe if God's in a good mood, if he stirs up enough energy, maybe he can do, no, no, he's mighty God. And his desire is to be in relationship and friendship. And remember he said, we're a part of his business. Remember he said that? We're in this thing together. 
And so we get an example. I'm going to read it here before uh, we get to the end. Uh, We get an example of, okay, well, how do we have this relationship with God? How do we have this community? How do we have this connection with God? Uh, I thought about it like this. Uh, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he gives you the picture of it. Uh, But before I read you that, I thought about it like this. I have a Bible software, and I can do searches over different, you know, words and uh, threads and types that you see in Scripture. If I did a Scripture search of the word mighty or might or majesty, it would be in the hundreds, maybe the thousands, because the scripture from cover to cover is full of God being described in those categories. Mighty, majesty, powerful. God really wants us to understand that he can do all things. Are you with me? Let's take a look at what it looks like to have relationship and community and connection uh, with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says this, and when, everybody say when. Also, there's an expectation that we should be praying. And when you pray, because when would mean we're called to pray, right? And when the pastor prays, oh, whoops. And when who prays? You. So we have a call to personally pray. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What's happening here is these are a people who want to pray not to mighty God, who they believe are going to change things and transform things because he's mighty and powerful. They're just praying because they wanted to be about show. That's why I said, ah, they already have their reward. They already have what they're looking for. Their desire is just be seen and heard. He said, don't pray like them because I want you to pray like there's a mighty God who can actually do some things. Let's keep going. But when the pastor, oh, there it is again. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what was done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, because those are the worst prayer meetings, right? The babbling prayer meetings. Apparently you've never been to them. Apparently, you've never been to Saturday morning prayer. See you there. What is it? Next week? (laughs) He's so mean. I thought he said he liked second service. (laughs) I really do like second service. Do you? You come to it. Okay. (laughs) Where were we? The scripture? Babbling pagans. Come on, guys. You don't feel me on the babbling pagans part? Come on. (laughs) So don't, don't be like the babbling pagans. Don't do that. So then he says it again. They think they'll be heard for their many words, but do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask them. Again, what's happening here is saying, don't pray like people who aren't pulling on the power. They're just babbling. They're just saying stuff. They're going through the motions to impress people. Be a people who pray like God knows what you need and has the ability to answer your prayer. That's how we pray. We, we talk to Jesus like he's almighty God and he can make a difference. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's break it down. So then Jesus thankfully says, this then is how you should pray. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What's he saying right here in the beginning? What, what is the first thing we're seeing? We're seeing our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What are we trying to say? Mighty is he. Worthy is he. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You wouldn't put that reverence on somebody if they weren't mighty, if they weren't worthy of it. The first thing we're saying is, hey, hey here's a person that's worthy of praying to. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. Can I tell you something that's pretty amazing about somebody who has a kingdom? That means they're pretty powerful. And then if this prayer tells us that we serve a powerful, mighty God who has a kingdom and his desire that his kingdom come to earth, then anything on earth that doesn't look like heaven, it means it's God's desire to see it changed here on earth. So we see a very powerful God. So is there sickness in heaven? No. So this prayer right here tells us we ought to be talking to Jesus, who's a mighty God, about making sure we have no more sickness here on earth. But we pray these little limp-wristed, like, well, if it's the Lord's will, maybe if he's in a good mood. He just told us his kingdom desire is to see heaven, to see earth look like heaven. No anxiety, no depression, no sickness, disease. Are you with me? So we see he's mighty. We see he's powerful. The next thing we see in verse 11 is, says, give us this day our daily bread. Well, here again, we see another form of the mighty, mighty power of God. What is God? A provider. He's able to be a provider. Again, it's giving you a picture of a prayer that when we go to God as, as our friend, as someone we have relationship with and connection to, we're also going to him as powerful God who can be our provider. And it says in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. Got a question for you. How many people are able to forgive sins? Only one person. So we're talking about a one of a kind person here that we pray to. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we're going to the one of a kind. So now we're talking about when we pray to somebody, you're praying to somebody who's one of a kind. There's no Buddha. There's no other thing. There's no other thing that compare to the one person who can forgive us of our sins. That means he's a one of a kind. And then in verse 13, it says, and lead us into not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Can I ask you the same question? Do you know anybody other than the one who can deliver us from evil? There's only one. The victorious one. How many know what I'm talking about today? So he's saying, hey, here's the pattern. When you come to me in prayer, when we do this relationship thing, when you come talking to Jesus, make sure you come talking to Jesus, who is the powerful, mighty God who has the power to save. That's the prayer. That's the community. That's the relationship we get to have. So why don't we pray mighty prayers? There was actually a warning given to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says this, there's going to be a time where some people have a form of godliness, but deny his power. It's like they have a prayer life, but they're not praying to mighty God. They're just praying to some kind of religious task, chore. They deny his power. And then it goes on to say this in 2 Timothy 3. It says, have nothing to do with those people. Ouch. How many churches are open right now in the morning, this morning? And they're going through some same old songs, some same old sermons. They have a form of godliness but they're pushing back the power. They're not drawing on his power. They're not going to mighty God. They're talking to Jesus. And again, I just want you to know, some of you are like, we need to delete that on the playlist. It's a good song. I get his heart. I get his heart. But we're talking to Jesus. We're not denying any power in the mighty God, the ability that we, am I telling truth today? I'll close with this. So here's the sad part. It's kind of what I brought us all to. According to Barner Research, the average American Christian spends less than 10 minutes a day in prayer. In reality, you will spend more time in a day preparing food 
than you will talking to your creator. You'll spend more time watching the soup go around in the microwave than talking to the one who makes your world go round. What a huge disservice that God says, hey, you're not slaves. You're not slaves. As a matter of fact, we're in this together. We're friends. And I'm almighty God. And my desire is to see heaven on earth. And we're like, I ain't got time for that. I got to reheat this pizza. What a huge disservice to the community that Christ bought and paid for on our behalf. We get up and we're anxious and we're nervous. We're frustrated and we're tormented and we're struggling. And we have all these kind of things. And I just wonder if God is up there like, still might see my t- I'm still mighty God. Yeah, amen. I'm still the one who's overcome death, hell, and the grave. Right. Remember, remember when I said that one thing about in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome it all. Yeah. Come talk to Jesus who's mighty. Am I telling the truth today? I love Paul brings this all together. He's writing his letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1.5. It's the New King James Version. But he shows us basically the summary of this series we've been talking about the last couple weeks. He's writing, he says this, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. So he's saying, oh boy, we, we go at this thing with, trust and dependency on mighty God. But then he also understood there's another part in here that really matters. He said, with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. What is he describing? Dependency and community and relationship and friendship with mighty God, but also community with one another. Like that's the picture. We do community, we care for, we take care of each other. We are the church. But we're also a church that we're following almighty, powerful God. And if those two alignments ever come together, we change the world. We change the world. I think church has gotten lopsided on either like, oh, let's do community in small groups and bake each other cookies. But then we don't trust a powerful God. Or we've gotten super weird and everything is about power of God. And it never leaves the church and transforms community. And Paul's here, like, if we can put these two things together with full conviction, we change the world. Community at the core shares a burden. That's what community is. Community says, hey, oh, man, you're weak. You're coming up short here. You're feeling weak. Let us come together and strengthen the shortcoming. Let's help you make your weakness strong. Community shares the burden together. Isn't it amazing that God does the same thing for us. If he asks us to do that for each other, hey, when you're weak, make sure you guys work together to be strong. Take somebody who's weak and come around them and make it strong. He does the same same thing for us. Remember the scripture says, when we're weak, when we're in our weakness, he comes in and is strong. Takes the burden, shares the burden. It's, It's just this beautiful thing that if the church can get there, we change the world. Here's what it boils down to. It's power of God in community with him, vertical, and it's power of God in community with each other. We need both. That's how we do it. And so my prayer is like, let's leave this series, this community series going, okay, God, almighty God, I'm talking to you. I'm depending on you, but I'm also making sure we're taking care of each other. Let's be that church, amen? Amen. I don't want you to leave today 
without this opportunity to call on Almighty God. We're going to talk to Jesus right now. But we're going to talk to him knowing that he's one to be hallowed. Hallow is your name. We reverence you because you're Almighty God. Just as we even heard, Son of God, but with power. Let's pray to him. I don't know what your struggle is this morning. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what you're facing. But we're not just going to kind of hope and wish and skip that maybe God, if he's in a good mood. Instead, we're going to believe like the word is true that says if we come into him with faith of a mustard seed, faith that he's mighty God, that we can say to mountains, move and they'll move. And so let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You say, Pastor, I don't really have anything going on in my life. Well, then think of somebody who does. Think of maybe a neighbor or a coworker, or a friend or a family member who needs breakthrough. God gave us the ability to pray intercessory prayers, meaning prayers on behalf of others, because he's mighty God and he moves that way. So just think on that as we pray. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful that you're mighty God. We don't want to be babbling pagans, people just saying things on street corners. Instead, we want to be people who go to you trusting that you're mighty God, that you're powerful, that you have overcome death, hell, and the grave. Lord, we know that you walk victorious and in victory. And because we get to co-labor with you, Lord, we, we get to live and dwell and be from a victorious place. And so, Lord, I just lift up every circumstance. Lord, those online, maybe even those watching later, those definitely in the room, God, we lift up all of these different scenarios. And God, your word said that life and death is in the power of our tongue. And so, God, I just speak life over every circumstance. Lord, whatever the enemy's plans for death over every circumstance, God, we bind and rebuke and say they come to naught. Lord, we speak life right now. Lord, we speak restoration of health. Lord, we, we speak that renewed minds are beginning to take place. Those who are, are haunted and tormented with anxiety and fear and stress, God, I just pray that you, you bring renewal. Lord, I thank you that, that you can heal past hurts. Lord, that you can reach into people's places in their hearts and in their minds where injustice and pain has been done against them. And God, in this moment, you can begin to restore and heal. God, I thank you that, that you just don't do band-aids, but God, you, you restore back everything the enemy meant to steal. So, Lord, I thank you that in, in this moment and in these prayers, Lord, spiritual payback is happening for people. God, they're getting all that was lost. Perfect order by your spirit. We stand on your word as true, infallible, perfect truth. And God, your word says that it's by your stripes we have healing. So healing all over this room and all over the Internet. Anybody who's listening, God, as these words go forth, Lord, let your words be truth over their life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.